0: Welcome to the Talking Heads Podcast. My name is Jesse J-J-J-Jesse Slayton, and my co-host is... Your boy, Daniel Sturman. Daniel
1: Sturman. What, 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 what? How are you doing, S-dog? Doing pretty well, man. I'm quarantining with my parents this week, and it's going nice. I'm, I'm happy, man.
0: Yo, people are still going out. Like, they're go- they think it's over. Like, nothing's changed, and people are going out doing crazy things. What's that about?
1: Dude. Well I I don't know, honestly, like it it had to happen eventually. I'm not surprised.
0: Hey, so I just got off of listening to another podcast about crocodiles. I uh, like a lot of nature stuff, there's this guy who you didn't ask about this. I'm giving it to you free of charge. I'm ready. I'm ready. I want it. This guy who I don't know his name, but he's a really famous, just like wild guy, you know? Um he's in a lot of those breakdown videos and I think his name is Forrest. He went to a, like, secluded village and stuff. And they just had all these, like, really shitty ailments. And his medic gave them all these, like, fixes and stuff. And they're like, aren't they just going to get, like, ringworm after we leave? And they're like, yeah, pretty much. What? Yeah, yeah. Like, they all had ringworm, like, everywhere. And so the guy gave them, like, pills. And they're like, how, how is this going to affect them long term? Like, it's not. Like, they're going to get it again. Um, oh,
1: man. Yeah, that's wild, man. Oh, my God. You, wait, wait. Can you tell me, what was the name of this?
0: Uh, it's the Joe Rogan Podcast.
1: Oh, man.
0: What are you talking about today, bud?
1: Oh, Tonight, I'm talking about how large of an olive the, the Torah and the, Do- the Jewish Talmud are referring to when yeah. they specify olive size to be used as a measurement and why that's important for our society.
0: Oh, my God. About time, dude. I was kept up at night for 24 years wondering.
1: This olive-sized shit is crazy. I can't what, wait to tell you about it.
0: Who the fuck? All right, ask me what I'm doing. What are you doing this oh, week? Oh, I'm glad you asked. I going to be talking about dating apps and the statistics behind dating apps.
1: That's a good one. It is a good one. Yeah. There's
0: some interesting statistics out there, and I'm excited to share them with our audience, a.k.a. you.
1: And other people. <laughs> Optimistically, right. You want to get into it?
0: Let's do it, bud.
1: Olive size in the Jewish Talmud. Olive size. Olive size. All right, so for context, uh, Orthodox Jewish religion is extremely Talmudic, and that means... There are a set of books written down that, you know, Orthodox Jews believe were, were given, written to and given to us by God. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, that's what the Talmud is. And Done. Orthodox Jews, many Orthodox Jews spend their entire lives studying these books in extreme and intricate detail. Their entire lives? Entire lives, professionally. Wow. I think this is fascinating. I think what they study is fascinating because I'm, you know, I'm interested in Judaism as a Jew. Mm. And I'm also interested in people's passions as a person. If mm. somebody's interested in something, I want to know what and why it's interesting to me. Mm. So I was talking to a cousin of mine. He's an Orthodox Jew this afternoon. I was speaking with him and I asked him what he's been studying lately. And he says, well, for the last two weeks, I've been studying uh, how large an olive is in the Bible. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he goes here. Well, how do you study that? Jesse volumes of of text have been written. He spent two weeks on this. And when I say he spent two weeks on it, I don't mean he like casually looked it up for two weeks. I mean, he and his study partner, in his orthodox Jewish study partner, Mm -hmm. woke up in the morning, went to yeshiva, went to school where they study, the place they study. They're grown. They're they're married men. So it's a different kind of school. Mm -hmm. But they went to school um, and they sat down. And for eight to 10 hours, monday through friday Mm. they sat and they looked up this olive thing oh my god for two weeks right yeah and here's what we learned so it's significant because there are certain measurements that the torah says you know if you eat more than uh, an olive you then need to say a certain prayer if you eat less than an olive you're not allowed to say the prayer so modern orthodox jews in order to make sure they're saying the prayers in the correct times Mm -hmm. Need to know exactly what we're talking about here. They need a high level of resolution. They want a high level of resolution. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, how large is an olive? So I'm going to try to run through this chain of logic kind of quickly because there's a lot of topic. We don't know how large an olive is because olives change over time. So yes, we could grow a Jerusalem olive and measure a bunch of olives and see that. And they have done that. But we also need to compare that to other sources in the Torah. So if you read enough Torah, you'll find that uh, the size of an olive is also compared elsewhere to the size of an egg. So we know from another comparison that an olive is one third to one half the size of a medium egg. Right. Yes, it did ask what size egg. Somewhere else in the Torah, it compares an egg size to this amount of fluid needed for certain other rituals. Mm-hmm. So now we can go olive to egg, egg to, egg to fluid, wine specifically, wine glass sizing. Mm-hmm. And the wine glass sizing is related in the Torah to thumbs human thumb size, measurements of human thumb, you know, distance length. Now, whose thumb? Yeah, this is wild, keep going. All right, question. So, they've decided it's the average person's kind of medium thumb, but not enough. Where do you measure the thumb? So, this question of when, of what size the olive is, eventually goes back to thumb size. The answer, I'm gonna spoil it for everybody to do this research is 20 millimeters to 24 millimeters wild. Right.
0: That's insane. I mean, how does one even get to that starting point? I think you did the, really the interesting why, uh, analysis on this and got all the way back to a thumb, right? Who is like, and what is the application of this olive again? What is this used to measure?
1: It's uh, prayers it's used to measure, not to measure. It's used to determine when to say different prayers. And and also there's there are certain holidays where it says you must eat a food. There's a specific food matzah on Passover, mm-hmm. and it specifies that you must eat a minimum of this amount, an olive amount. They said you have to eat more than an olive worth of matzah.
0: Okay, that makes sense. The prayers made no sense to me. I was thinking, how can you
1: measure oh, the prayer Sorry, this. Thank you for asking for clarification on this. Orthodox Jewish people say prayers after every time they've eaten. Oh, okay. It's a gotcha. rule. You have to pray after eating. There's specific blessings. And yeah. so if you eat more than an olive worth, you must, must say the blessing. If you eat less than that, you're not allowed to say the blessing.
0: You're good to go after that. That's yeah. so interesting. And it does this is the Torah you said, right?
1: This is actually mostly from the Talmud, which is like an extension of books in the Torah.
0: It's like the the follow-up, the sequel.
1: Yeah, kind of. Well, I would say the sequel is kind of like the New Testament. Oh God! And you know, and then I would say that Islam would be you know strikes back kind of situation with the Mormons book being almost like uh, the national lampoon comes home kind of vacation story. But I'm gonna bring this all back to something that I find very interesting. So I asked my cousin, "All right, so you spent two weeks on this. You figured it out. It's between 20 and 24 millimeters. What do you do?" You know, so that then you turn into a cubic centimeter number. What do you do if you eat something in the middle? Right. Go, Daniel, it's a big problem. And uh, what? why don't you just say it's 22 millimeters and so many cubic whatevers, and then bam, that's the number, so Done. We can't do that. Why not? Because the scholars in the Talmud didn't do that. Right. And there's an assumption in Orthodox Judaism. It's not actually an assumption. It's a, it's a just dis- decided this. This is this is the way. It's a uh, it's an assumption, but it's an assumption beyond question. It's right. uh, accepted as fact when you begin studying mm-hmm. um, that the that the, the scholars that wrote the Talmud, because it's given by God, uh, is correct. And so, any lack of knowledge in the Talmud uh-huh. is a lack of knowledge for a reason. Henceforth, it even if you figure it out, you're not allowed to figure it out. Even if you figure it out, there's some reason why you're wrong. You then have to keep figuring out why you're wrong. Right. What do you think about that?
0: That's so wild. I mean, I mean you know, my, my take on religion is kind of more of, I see it more as a element, um, a machine of control rather than, I'm not a religious person. And so I see it more as a machine of control. And I always think, like, what's the best way? Like, okay, well, don't, question, don't question this because of this that's a perfect way of doing it right you're not meant to know this because we didn't tell you right you know that that stuff always piques my interest
1: yeah it's really really interesting and what what i wound up kind of where the conversation with my cousin wound up ending not ending but where we left it off Mm -hmm. um is that you know in his society in his world they are working under the assumption that they're having an increasing lack of knowledge over time because they assume that if they were back, you know, a thousand years ago, they would just say, Hey buddy, uh, how big exactly is the olive? Yeah, and exactly. The person would say It's this olive and everybody would go home and be happy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so over time they are like losing more and more knowledge. Whereas in my society as a science oriented person, we're huh. gaining knowledge. So in their society, you know, you're not really supposed to contradict, and this kind of relates to what you said, you know, about religion not being allowed to be questioned. Right. Right, so they have that religious tradition of lack of, you're not allowed to contradict these people that came before you. Mm-hmm. Whereas in my society, uh, we are encouraged to contradict and expand upon the people who came before us. And, and I think that's really the, my conclusion for this little bit right here is that I'm I'm really glad I respect my cousin's society very much, but I'm really glad that I personally live in a society that's building up over time. So I mean, it yeah. sounds
0: like he's fighting kind of a battle of sand, right? Because it just keeps getting like messed up. But, you know, that's no way to build. You know, there's no way to be scientific within that framework, right?
1: Oh, no, no, no. He is being scientific within that framework.
0: But you said that like they don't record it.
1: Oh, no, no, no. They write it down.
0: Then what do you mean by that?
1: Oh, they're just, okay, so they did the calculation from olives all the way to millimeters. Right.
0: So they That's wrote on so the
1: millimeters number. Right. So nobody needs to do that calculation again. Right.
0: But by your standards, they should have done that calculation to, be in, to begin with. Well, no, because
1: it's still better than the olive thing.
0: Right. But didn't the book only, did the book say that millimeters thing?
1: No. But they wrote a new book. So which book the is the one book. we're not supposed to question? The new book's not holy. The old book's holy. Ah,
0: okay. Okay, that's important. That's important. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's really important. But um, yeah, so, so they're writing it down. So they're still growing. They're still building. They're still filling in cracks and details. All right. All of this like, massive, my cousin's an extremely intelligent human being. Yeah. All this, this massive amount of human ability is still creating a new understanding of these religious rules. Mm-hmm. And they're still helping people to more accurately observe the religious rules. He's still building up.
0: That's so interesting. Yeah. I find it interesting. There's a lot of, right. Uh, right, I'm going to, dumb question. You ready for it? Ready. Judaism and Jewish, that's the same thing, right?
1: Yep. Yeah. All right. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I think so.
0: Okay, cool. Uh, Judaism has so many more like rules, quote unquote, right? Like uh, you got to have a big wiener. Like that's one of them. Um, like, it's pretty crazy. Uh, but, like, I've never had, like, I was brought up as Christian, I suppose. And it's, like, the only rule is, like, you know, don't be a bad guy, you know?
1: Yeah, but if you were as deeply embedded in Christian society. There would be the like, rules. Yeah. Yeah, you would have religious observances and practices. I mean, I was looking at a chart the other day of all the, the, the hats that the Pope wears. And all the different occasions, when and where and why he wears each hat. Yeah, you know, which I mean, one, somebody in the Vatican who's like working on all that all the time, you know. And which one does?
0: In what situation does he wear a backwards like hoodie? You know, or like a hoodie? <laughs> what What situation is that?
1: When he's protesting for social justice with the people on the streets.
0: Could you imagine Pope gets arrested in Los Angeles today? You know, send <laughs> everyone in that precinct to hell.
1: Dude, that'd be sick. What if you were doing a protest and the Pope was in the middle and the Pope Mobile it up and he was like, Yo, yeah, you know, these people listen to these mofos. This is holy shit.
0: Yeah, dude, but what if he got arrested? And you're like, oh no, they arrested the Pope. They're gonna kill me. You know? <laughs>
1: Like, look, look, everybody, they'd be arresting the Pope out there. I don't stand a chance.
0: I would want the Pope to, like, really just bite back, right? Like, oh, I'm going to kill
1: you. Like, you know,
0: just, like, total non-Pope-like activity. Just, like, ape shit, dude.
1: What would they do? What would happen? Like, what would you do if the Pope did something illegal in another country? You can't arrest the Pope. Are you kidding me do you want to go to hell you're not right, gonna, i'm
0: not going to hell no like, you're not gonna risk it like not just <laughs> you know no matter how religious you are you're not gonna risk that you know <laughs> you can't do that
1: no you, you, let the pope do whatever you, wants.
0: you don't know what the fuck he's got in his hat dude hello mr pope part? here's my gun mr pope would yeah. you do anything else mr pope <laughs>
1: dude he's the best especially the current pope i'm a big fan all right buddy are you ready for the most important
0: time of the night Dan's Decisions. Dan's Decisions. Alright, Dan. This is going to be a little bit more relevant to my um, topic than is your topic. Mainly because I wasn't really prepared for olives tonight. Um, but don't worry. Next week I'm going to be really geared towards any type. <gasps> are those vegetables? Are olives vegetables? Grow on a tree.
1: Dude, it's going to take a couple of weeks.
0: <laughs> they grow on a tree. Fact check. Fact check. Fact oh, check. shit.
1: Fact check. <laughs>
0: All right, Dan. Tonight, I have a little bit of an interesting Dan's decisions. All right. Daniel, if you had to craft the perfect dating profile as a woman, what would you put in it?
1: How? Okay, what, what's... Hmm. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume the goals are a high number of incoming matches and let's say I'm trying to optimize for a long-term relationship.
0: Let's say, yeah, let's say let's, let's put those assumptions out there. Cause this could really mean a lot of things for a lot of different. Moms. Right.
1: Right. Who's like, you know, if she's trying to be like, you know, on grinder, right. Like that's real different. Exactly. I, I think, uh, honestly, like a lot of the same things I would do as a guy, uh, you know, some close-up, you know, pictures of like the head, you Your know, butt. face, face shots, definitely like a full body, uh-huh. Pictures taken by other people, good lighting, all that. Foot pics. Some bio, foot pics. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely, at least one picture like of the beach or like doing something athletic. I I've noticed that like when I'm on dating apps and I'm looking at people's profiles. Yeah. If I even if it's like a person of average attractiveness, mm-hmm. but they have a picture of them, you know, like like so you can see what they look like. Right. I I've noticed that like I just my, my likelihood to swipe on that picture is much higher just because like you're, you're just like, oh, okay, cool. That's what they look like. Bam. Right. You that's know? just cool. Yeah. Uh, I kind of guessed
0: I'm talking about dating apps tonight. Uh, way back when I found an article that had all this data, all this data that talked about different trends and stuff. Uh, and I couldn't find the exact article, but I did find some studies quote unquote by okay Cupid. So I hope that's credible. And there's a few different metrics that I want to talk about tonight. One, you know, kind of with everything prevailing right now in the news and the world, is race. Apparently, the two people who have the hardest time on dating apps are black women and Asian men.
1: Really?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Asian, um, which country in Asia?
0: Uh, I think this data is only for the United States.
1: No, 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 but like of which I have a friend who's from Bangladesh who told me that like just nothing.
0: Really? In America? Yeah,
1: me, yeah, yeah. He told me that people like with like an Indian, Bangladeshi, Pakistani, right? He told me that that was like very, very difficult.
0: Right. Um, I mean, they, they don't specify, unfortunately, uh, but to put numbers on it, men rating women and women rating men. Men rated... Oh, God. They broke it down by the race of the man and the race of the woman.
1: This is a lot of data. Oh, dude. It, we, people will be, we'll post it somewhere.
0: Asian men rated Asian women the highest. I mean, all right. Check out. So.
1: They got Jewish in there?
0: Whoa. Black men rated black women as negative 3%. That means bad somehow, and I'm not necessarily sure. Oh, this is uh, it's clear, it's important to know this is from 2009. The lowest number was uh, Latino men rating black women,
1: 22%. Really? Yeah, Jesus Christ.
0: And women really? rating men, the highest one was Jews. white women
1: loving and, Jews, loving white men. Oh, that's so disappointing. <laughs> yeah, it could have been this, so much more interesting.
0: This is uh, this actually is from two thousand. Oh, I'm sorry, I was reading from two thousand nine. Let's do something a little bit more recent because I actually looked up something a while ago that said that, and I, I can't fact check this, so don't ask me. Um, oh,
1: fact check, fact check, fact
0: check. <laughs> yeah, we can do this in the fact check. I'll fact check anything. That the most desired race of female on dating apps is Asian, Asian women. Mm-hmm. The least desired male is Asian man. I don't know where I saw that, but I did a lot of research on it one yes. time while I was in the airport and had like yes. a bunch of hours.
1: We got to go to Asia.
0: Yo, I'm about it. I'm down. I've been to Asia. I want to go back.
1: Yeah. We got to go to Asia. We'd kill it. Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. It's like that? Uh <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah, I've heard lots of stories of people going over there and just opening up Tinder and like meeting locals that way. It's really interesting. Oh, actually. cool, actually.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's a cool idea. Uh, Anyways. Some other interesting stuff. I think there's one more that I want to touch on here. There's a lot of data on the OKCupid uh, website. Um, There's actually a correlation graph here based on attractiveness and messages sent.
1: First off, let's
0: get that out here. I don't know how they measured attractiveness. I know that that supposedly there is something that measures that. I've heard a lot about that in a lot of podcasts and stuff. So this graph says messages sent versus attractiveness percentile. And so the trend here is that as straight men send more messages, they get uh, their attractiveness percentile goes up. Oh, I think it's in the amount of like matches and stuff.
1: Oh, so the more attractive you are, the more shit you get.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Like the- oh, no, actually. Oh, yeah. That, that's definitely what's going on here. Yeah, there's, there's a clear correlation.
1: You know what, though? I, I think some of these dating apps... I'm not sure because I don't work at a dating app company and I haven't done any fact checking, mm-hmm. but I, I think some of the dating apps, they try to pair you with people who have perceived similar attractiveness. Yeah. Like if you don't have, so like there was a, a period of time where I, before I like really like I improved, so I, I had a not very good dating profile and then I had like a friend take a look at it. He helped me make it way better. Mm-hmm. And the people that I was being shown on the app changed after improving the profile. Wow. So like before I improved my profile, I was being shown people who had bad profiles. And yeah. after I improved my profile, I was being shown people who had better profiles.
0: Damn.
1: Yeah. So I think that's like definitely a factor as well here.
0: Uh, so that, that correction, I want to make a correction earlier, walk it back. No matter how attractive a woman appears, we see similar messaging behavior. For men, those who are most attractive send the most messages with the top 40% reaching out the most. Hmm. At this point, we're perplexed. Women rarely reach out, no matter their circumstances. Yet, doing this research unlocked a secret. The OKCupid ecosystem actually puts women at a huge advantage. (laughs) We all knew that.
1: (laughs) We all knew that. What do the science people think they're doing over there? They're not
0: not solving any new cases, I'll tell you that.
1: That's not not exactly cracking it open.
0: (laughs) It's not going to change the world necessarily.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, God. Percentage of first messages that turn into a conversation. All right, all right. Wait on me. Straight, for men, 12%. For women, 30%. So I think that if men send the first message, they get a 12% response. That's so awful. Oh, my God. Check this out. This is interesting. Gay Gay people? Yeah. Both men and women, 22% and 25%. Very similar.
1: Of what? First messages that turn into a conversation.
0: Of first messages turn into a conversation. So it's pretty much the same.
1: But also...
0: Much higher, much higher yeah, on average.
1: Was it? it was 30% female to male. Like if the woman sent the message, yeah, it would turn in 30% chance of a conversation. Yeah. And then
0: the, the men jumped up to 22%, the women's dropped down to 25 So when you factor out opposite sex, somehow something changes where messaging success changes. Interesting, though.
1: Really interesting. Yeah.
0: As a straight woman, you'll chat with more attractive men if you send the first message. Wow. Obviously. Yeah, I guess a lot of this research just one reaffirms what we already know, and two tells us a lot more. I'm actually really curious if there's any more data. I'm definitely going to be researching an unhealthy amount of it. So thanks for going on that really bizarre and slightly depressing journey about online dating for men.
1: Uh, yeah, man. I'll see you in Japan.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess. How about tickets now? Uh, <laughs> do it. All right, man. Well, it was a joy learning about the olives. I'm going to start measuring everything in olives personally
1: dude do it those olives are crazy and now we know exactly
0: how big they are
1: dude 20 to 24 millimeters (laughs) that's how big an olive is the problem is like if you get something in that range like you have no idea what blessings to say anymore
0: no none you're done
1: (laughs) (laughs) all right all right Uh, man see you later dog
0: (laughs) love you dude
1: love you